Here's one thing that you may not know about me. Last year, December of 2020, I was on my very first real movie set. Get this. (laughs) I played the role of Karen. Of course, I would get the name Karen in 2020. (laughs) No, but listen, it was such a amazing honor. I played a social worker in the film Hunting Souls, which will be out here in just a few months. And I haven't talked a lot about it because, well, it hasn't been released yet. And if you know anything about the film industry, you got to be shush shush. But here's the deal. I wanted to have a little mini series this week to talk to you about what it actually takes from a creative standpoint, from a filmmaker standpoint, to bring a movie to life. I have the honor of connecting with the writer and director of the film that I was in, Hunting Souls, Diego Silva. And also in a couple of days, we'll have a producer on, which just so happens to be his wife, Kelly Young Silva. And they're going to share with us about the realities of making a film. Yeah, like a real life movie. Now, I wanted to share this with you because obviously me and you are booze, you know, and (laughs) I want to share my life with you. But most importantly, if you have ever thought about, I don't know, making a film or a documentary or heck, playing a social worker named Karen in a horror film, (laughs) I know this is going to be so stinking valuable for you. Yeah, it's unconventional. I've always felt immensely. I was born with several falls I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world about making a movie or getting into the film business in another capacity? Well, maybe you have been for a while and feel really discouraged because you haven't made the leverage that you want to see. And whether it's the film industry or not, I think we can all relate to that deep, deep vision inside of us, that deep, deep desire, and sometimes the frustration that comes in when you're working so hard and you're not seeing the fruit. Man, it's such a mind game, isn't it? Today we have on Diego Silva Acevedo, who is a filmmaker born in Colombia with over 12 years experience as a filmmaker, visual effects artist, cinematographer, director, and writer. He's a recipient of numerous awards, including five Southeast Emmy Awards. And just to give you some context, he and his wife, Kelly, which we'll talk to in a couple of days, eat, breathed, and slept this movie for like two years. We filmed in their home. There was like 20, 30 people at a time in their home for like a span of a month during a pandemic with nurses there, COVID protocol, makeup artists with a demon walking around. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. But one thing I've pulled from that experience as a bystander and a small participant in the process was that when someone is plugged into what they love to do, there is nothing cooler than seeing them in action. You could literally see visible grit on these two as they brought this film to life. Now, Diego, he has been in the industry for over 10 years and man, it's competitive. It's hard. There's so much work. And when you guys see the movie, I hope you see the movie. The socials are linked up in the show notes. But you know, when you watch something, you you see something for an hour, an hour and a half and don't realize like the years invested in something like that. And I'm telling you, that's dedication. And I asked Diego off the bat with all the moving pieces and all the competition, all the stuff, what has kept you in? I think it's because this was my hobby. I mean, I'm an engineer. 
I graduated in when I was 20 and always was like in 3D. I even studied engineering because of Jurassic Park. So I was thinking on doing animatronics for movies. So all the robots for the movies and all of that. When I got my degree, uh, everything changed to 3D. So I was like, okay, but I can still do it. So I moved to Spain. I did a master's degree in animation and modeling 3D. And I started doing visual effects. So that was like the first steps. I was doing it for as a hobby because at the beginning of this career, this career, everybody wants everything for free. Everybody wants to see if you have skills, if you, I mean, you have to build your, your reputation and be showing your work. For real, your work is what talks about you, not you. Putting out work about everything. I started with C, uh, visual effects and then doing the lighting for visual effects was when I started doing lighting on set to match both lights. And then I became step-by-step DP. And was when we did that film in Spain. We were on theaters in 2013. Now, Diego, listen, you know, what if I don't have a network? What if I don't have all the equipment? This is some of the stuff that comes up for us as creatives because it's frustrating and it's hard. What if I don't have what I need? But you have a lot of tools. You can put up a lot of things on TikTok, YouTube, you know, like my first film was not, I mean, it was short films that I was putting with my friends and trying to get out. I was fortunate when I did my first short film as a director. ICE, that is a organization, is the union in Spain of actors. They let me present it in their facility. So that was like a, a good thing for me. But either way, at that time, I was just making money as an engineer. It's just put your work out. Once people is seeing your work after a few years was when people start like, oh, can you make something for me? I will pay you this. And I started making video for 50 bucks, you know, really giving it for free almost because that's the gas or, or expenses that you have to do. And step by step, people is liking your work and they will want to pay more. I think we all get frustrated as creatives and there's a point in our lives where we want to quit. And I was wondering with Diego, has he ever considered that? No, I think this is something in your blood. When I was doing the movie, I spent almost six months, was like six months in a room doing visual effects, uh, color and all the post-production. And I, I was DP. So I lost like 40 pounds, came 14, 16 hours a day because I was needing that out. And the same with hunting souls. I didn't lose uh, weight with something, hunting souls, but it's the same. I spent almost two years of my life. It's like you give, uh, Guillermo del Toro used to say, like, you give your life to the devil two years for one line in INDV, you know? He has four, six years in one movie. I spent two years and developing all the pre-production, production and post-production. Okay, now I'm going to nerd out a little bit. I got to ask them, what is like the actual process of coming up with a concept for a film, writing it, 
and actually making it? Well, the first thing is you write the script. This the first draft I did it like in a month. Then I was working with uh, uh, Mark, Mark Travis. He's a script consultant, and I was trying to make it better. I spent like eight months. He questioned you. What do you want here? Why you are doing this? And just questioning you make you think about the script and you will change it in your way. Mm -hmm. So it's not that he's writing for you or something like that. It's just making you think. I think that's a great step because it's pre-production. So you are changing everything. And once you are in production, you have all the doubts are solved. So all the troubles that are coming with production are easier because in production, I was producer and director. So everybody has a question. I have to have an answer for everybody. I cannot say, oh, let me ask somebody. I have to have the question. So they answer. That took me from March till September. I was with him working uh, every night. We were having a meeting what works, what doesn't work. After that is a production that was, well, we have to shut down production. We did one week and then shut down production and then coming back, like because of COVID, we have 20 days and then start again. It was 22 days. After those 22 days, I have some shots that I was having in my mind that because of time I was not doing during that time, then I was doing it by myself. Uh, so that was a few days in January. After that is sitting and doing the editing. And the editing is very important because you have a script, but the editing is when you really write the history. I've heard that. I heard someone say recently the editors are the storytellers because they look at the film and find the story in it. Some directors has a way to shoot that they don't, the editor cannot do too much. You know, so they don't shut all the scenes in different ways. They just shut small pieces. So the editor doesn't have too much. But in this case, I was editing it. So I, I have a lot of footage that I was trying to put together and, and rewriting. Some stuff are were so hard on, on, on production. We were shooting and we couldn't get it, so I have to fix that. Things like I was thinking on having the girls under the water. Okay, when we have them on the bathtub, they were not able to go under the water. So what to do? So we got two seconds. How to edit those two seconds to make it longer? So it's a lot of things that is is you have to play with and at the end looks like they were there for three minutes. <laughs> so what I hear him saying is there is that we have to be willing to pivot and change because he had to be unromantic about this film, right? At the very beginning, there was constant adjustments and changes. The job of a director is take advantage of the problems. So you have a problem and it's like, how I can use this? If I cannot solve it, I have to use it. So you just have to go around and change your things and make it work. So that's a director's job. It's just manage all the problems and make it to your advantage. As creative people, sometimes we're sometimes finding our voices hard. We ask ourselves, what is it I actually want to say? And I was wondering with Diego and all the experience he has, how has his voice evolved and 
how has he stayed true to it? You have different different kind of projects. You have projects that are for making your life every day, and you have projects that are your life. Hunting Souls is part of my life. It's like it's an history that I was wanting to tell, and I was putting everything into. But I have cost customers that are asking me for something, and they have their view, and I have to do their view. So it's different things, you know. But either way, in these ones. You have everything in your mind and you are developing everything. When I'm writing, I already have this scene in my, in my head. And when I see it is when I can write it. Before of that, I'm, I'm a person that, um, I'm very, I'm very visual. So even when you are talking to me, I'm, all that I'm seeing is images in my head. It's just I'm visual and I'm always with arts. I did painting when I was little. I did sculpting when I was little. So it's always visual. And that's, that's something that when it's your movie, I already have the history from uh, pictures before the script. I already set up the, the scene. Later, you modify that, but it's, it's basically from that. Now, at first glance, when you watch the trailer for Hunting Souls and so forth, you're like, oh, this is just a horror film. But since I've read the script and seen the process, I know that there's an underlying story there. And I was wondering, in Diego's own words, what was the story he was trying to tell? I never knew what it was to have the love from a parent until I got my kids. I see what is that, and, and I was wanting to show that love. I was wanting to show what is to... I mean, what a, a family will do for, for a kid. Of course, this has horror and thriller. I like suspense a lot. Like I want, I like to play with people's minds and try to take them through a path that I'm designing. But more than that is the message is love. And is that love that a, a parent has for a kid, a child. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that Diego's whole family, they literally eat and breathe this industry. And I was wondering, as a father and a filmmaker, what is it like balancing those two worlds? That's, that's crazy because, uh, first of all, I was thinking on shooting before my kid was born. That's true. So I was yeah. thinking on shooting, and supposedly I was shooting in March. The country shut down, so we have to move it. And he's... He born on August and we were having to shoot in October, November. So he was two months. We were shooting in our house. So all of that was really hard. Obviously, without the support of Kelly and the family, I mean, it's, it's really hard because we will not make it. Also, when we got COVID on set, that was like, I put my, the life of my child there. You know, those days were like, oh, the kid. The family, you know, her parents that were taking care of the kid, you know. So that was really hard. But at the end, it's like you have to put everything and try to make it. If you don't bet, if you don't try, you will never get it. Several people have told me that if you want to make it in this industry, you literally have to make it your life. Is that true? Yes, completely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, if you don't like this, you cannot stand 17 hours on set and coming home and having to dump all the footage 
checking the dailies and be ready the next day in three hours to be shooting. So, you know, it's, it's intense. Those days are really intense. If you really don't feel it, in two days, you will be like, this is not my life. I was wondering what was something that he has learned through the process of making this film that he didn't know when he first started. Something that I didn't know going through the process. I didn't know anything. It's just, I was not, I mean, I was just open to make it, you know, like, I mean, I was wanting to have to, I like to do this so bad that I'm open to be going through anything, obviously in a safe environment. And now Diego's already working on his next movie. He's He told me he's almost done writing the script for the next one. And with all this execution and just go, 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 I was wondering, like, where does he pull ideas from? Does he travel? I mean, where does this inspiration come? I don't know. I'm very creative with ideas. I'm really crazy because I can have different ideas. It's, it's just not everything is commercial. <laughs> I, have the, uh, I have different ideas and I have different scripts. I have five scripts that haven't been done. You have to be doing it to get better. So you write a, a script and at the end you see that it's good, but it's not good enough to to put somebody's money in there or your money in there. So okay, let's keep writing and you do another and another. Sometimes you feel this is the one, so you put everything in there. Now, oh, y'all know I got to get nerdy again. This is a high-level question, and I know there's not an answer to it, but I was wondering, with, in his opinion, does he think that you can learn all of this stuff we've talked about in today's episode, or is this something that people are just born with? I think everything is learnable. When I was little, I was not able to do a drawing, yeah. and I put myself to make it and I got classes of drawing, painting and when I was 13 I did an exposure in in a cultural house in Colombia and I was selling um, my paintings. I mean you have to spend 10,000 hours in something to be professional is what they said but when you really love it you will spend more and maybe it will take you 20,000 hours, but you will make it at the end. It's just do it every day. So to recap, it's a lot of stinking work. We have to find something that we really love and, and just go all in on it. If we're going to work, it might as well be something we enjoy, right? So it seems as though what he's saying is it's our job as creatives to, to find that thing that we're willing to even fail at. But I think it's not just for creative. It's for everybody. If you love your job and your job is get the trash can of everybody if you really love that you will enjoy it and you will spend more time on that in this case for me is is love and i don't do it for i mean you have customers you have to live but you are not doing it just for money you're doing it because you want it make sure you connect with diego all of his links are in the show notes including hunting souls Instagram and Facebook. It'll be out in just a few months. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. Please hit follow on your favorite social media platform. You're going to see a Karen. You're going to see a Heather parody. <laughs> but before we go, Diego, is there any piece of advice that you want to give unconventional leaders from all over the world who are listening, who are going against the grain in their industries? Don't be afraid to fail. I mean, you learn a lot when you fail. You learn more when you fail than when you succeed. So don't be afraid. Just do your work, put it out, and keep going. 
Don't be afraid to fail. What does failure mean anyway, y'all? It don't mean nothing. In our next episode, we're going to be talking with producer Kelly Young-Silva about the grit behind creative projects and what it really takes to stay in the game. I hope that this encouraged you, my friend, that whatever work is at your hand right now, if it is something that's deep in your bones that you know you're called to do, I know it's hard. I know it might be taking way longer than everybody told you, but stay in the game. We're with you. Hey, y'all, before we jet out of here, if you are looking to build a course or a membership site, build in some online income so you can fund your creative work, you know, bring a little extra money monies. One of my favorite platforms, I'm not going to lie to you, it's my favorite platform, is Kajabi. Almost everybody I work with, I somehow convinced to get onto Kajabi. I personally use it. It's an all-in-one platform for not only your email list, but also hosting your courses, your membership sites, and pretty much whatever you want to do. You can do it on Kajabi. To start your free trial, all you have to do is go to heatherparody.com forward slash Kajabi. That is linked in the show notes. And start your trial for 14 days. I mean, technically, you could build a product, sell the product within two weeks, and it pays for itself. No sweat. Again, that is heatherparody.com forward slash Kajabi.